Good evening and welcome to the latest Red Robin pre-season mini-pod, which is once again powered by Budget Size Auto Centre and 360 Chart Accountants, which I'm delighted to say have agreed to sponsor the podcast again in 2023. Two fantastic local companies who not only sponsor the podcast, but of course put huge amount of sums into the club by sponsoring them. And of course, Andy Steele, who is the founder of 360 Chart Accountants, has recently been appointed to the new board of directors at the club. He's going to be looking at finance. And Budget Ties also sends to the choice of players, um, staff and supporters at Ulkington Rovers, a real local company who are, who are steeped in red and white heritage. So please go check them out. Two fantastic companies, like I've already said, and are doing great things for the podcast. And of course, most importantly, Hulkingston Rovers. This week, I'm joined by podcast regular Graham Turner. He discuss he joins me to discuss our upcoming pre-season friendly against the Leeds Rhinos. And we look back at our defeat to Featherstone Rovers. We will also discuss how we might line up against Wigan in our season opener and assess what the supporters' expectations should be in 2023 don't forget we are live on youtube and facebook right now so if you have got anything you want to say any comments you want to make please make sure you put them down below and we'll read them and answer them as we go along good evening graham how are you tonight i'm very well chris thank you looking forward to the season how are you yeah almost like deja vu isn't it right we will uh discuss the featherston rovers pre-season friendly first um a 28 nil defeat at the hands of uh, Rovers. They were looking pretty strong that game. 2,976 people in attendance for what was, of course, Craig Hall's testimonial foremost. Uh, fantastic servants to Kingston Rovers. Um, great turnout from the Red Army. I reckon there was well over a 1,000 uh, red and whites there. So fantastic support from the east side of Hull. Um, the lineup that night was for the Robins uh, PLT at fullback, Ethan Ryan and Tom Opachik out on the right. Tom Opachik making his uh, non competitive debut for the Robins. Sam Wood and Louis Senior out on the left. Rowan Milne's partner in Abdul in the halves. George King and Sam Luckley at prop. Jez Litton started at hooker. And then we had Sam Luckley and Frankie Holton in the second row. Jimmy Kynost, uh, sorry, Jimmy, Frankie Holton and Jimmy Kynost in the second row. And Dean Hadley at loose forward. Graham, um, probably not the result that many supporters wanted or expected. But then again, uh, results aren't particularly important in pre-season, are they? Um, although, nevertheless, still a disappointing uh, scoreline at the end of the day. Yeah, disappointing, I think, is a word. First and foremost, fair play to Hawley for his testimonial, etc. As you mentioned in the intro, Chris, very loyal servant to our club. So, uh, really pleased for, for, for Craig Hall there. Yep, disappointed in the the result as it as it stood. Um, we shouldn't read too much into pre-season results. I don't think um, it's more about for me performances, uh, time on the pitch, blowing those cobwebs off after a long, hard pre-season, um, getting those combinations started. And I think what we should see coming up at the weekend against Leeds is a lot more intensity into our game. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more skill level on show than we we saw. On, uh, on Friday night. And I think we should see pretty much to our, as we see it, the first team out there for, for good minutes on the pitch. Um, yes, there'll be interchanges that, you know, Peters has already said that within the, the, the media this week. There'll be interchanges, but I think we should see pretty much what he feels is his, is his starting 17, 19 players, something like that, with a couple of 
couple of others thrown in to, to sort of make up some numbers there. But I think it should give us a better idea of where we're at as we build intensity now towards Wigan in a, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Willie Peters um, shared the supporters' frustration after that Featherstone Rovers defeat. He said, obviously, I'm disappointed. We knew it was going to be a challenge and that's what we got. They were strong and I'm disappointed in some individual performances. We graduated uh, graduated some young kids, but I was expecting a better performance after what we'd been doing in training. The beauty is it's pre-season and we have plenty of work to do. Um, I mean, when I look at that game, there wasn't really much to take away from it. Um, Tom Opacic making his debut. Um, some of the young lads, six uh, academy players making um, coming into the side and, and getting on the pitch for a good 15 minutes. Other than that, Graham, I was pretty much scratching my head up trying to think of a positive from that because it was a pretty yeah. ruthless performance from Featherston and we just never really got going in it. No, and I, I think, you know, they've got different objectives uh, for their season in terms of building towards a Super League push for, 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 for their season coming up. Um, I was pleased to see Lewis Johnson back on the field um, mm. and getting some minutes under his belt. We, I think we all saw what potentially had before he got his injury last season and that was disappointing to lose him for such a long period last season. So I was pleased that he could sort of shake that injury nightmare off and get some meaningful minutes out on the pitch. Um, good to see Abdul back as well um, in the shirt. Again, I think we we lost a little bit by by not having him in the in the halves last year as, a, as an option there. So it'd be good to see him knuckling down and, and getting a regular spot in the halves and, and being the player that we know he was from probably two years ago when he when he was uh, probably on best form for us. So that, that was good to see those two long-term absentees back. And like you say, they're probably slim pickings in terms of the overall positives um, when you're looking at the result and the fact that we've been able to give some of the academy graduates um, good minutes on the pitch uh, representing the club is is good again for, for their development in the longer term. But like you say, when we've read what Willie Peters says about world-class attitude and efforts, etc., I don't think that many people could stick their hand up and said that they, they delivered that on Friday night, but... It is pre-season. They can get that out of the system. They can show us what they can do over the coming weeks. Yeah, and um, if anybody does follow Louis Johnson's uh, Louis Johnson's dad on Twitter, that they'll know that uh, Louis is is the saying that he's the fittest he's ever been. Um, obviously, he missed the World Cup. Uh, decided to do that so he could make sure that he was back in peak condition come the start of the season. Um, he was maybe yeah, probably one of the standouts from from the game, but like you said, it was slim pickings. Uh, one player who was in the squad, uh, who definitely won't be in the squad for the Leeds friendly, is Greg Richards. He's moved on to Pastures New uh, to Toulouse on a season-long loan deal, Graham. Um, yeah. I suppose many supporters were maybe surprised to see him stick around at the end of last season. Obviously, he was under contract, um, but people would maybe be a bit more surprised to see him, see him move on to Toulouse, uh, especially at the start of the season. Yeah, I think I read, read Willie Peters' quotes there around it. It sort of identified Richards to, to potentially not have much game time this year with with him being down the pecking order and with strengthened definitely in the in the pack this year. So you can't imagine that it, it sort of take um, positions over the the imports that we brought in for those forward positions. And yeah, to give him game time, he was out of contract at the end of the season. Um, is the best thing for him to stick around at his age for his development, etc. 
And I think for, for both parties, this, this particular deal works out well. Um, he's got an opportunity to go and live and, and learn the culture of another country, which is you know obviously exciting. Um, to lose her on a push as well for for that Super League place next year, they'll want to bounce straight back. So they've got they've got some steel and, and um, a reason to, to to play well next season as well. So I think if he can get back in there and, and play well in that particular team, then yeah, who knows what 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 that year will bring. And again, I don't want to say this at all, but he's he's gone on loan, I believe. So we've got the option to call him back if if necessary. I, be, I believe that's the case. Yeah, I mean. Out of all the positions, you'd probably say the pack was maybe the area where um, maybe a player was dispensable. Um, so, you know, many supporters may be surprised to see Richard depart. Not for me. I think, you know, he'd have been twiddling his thumbs um, because you look at the players in front of him and the players who were coming up, you know, not you know, not less Zach Fishwick. So I think that the competition would have been hot this season. So yeah. of course we wish him all the best. And if he if he does return yeah. to, in the red and whites, I'm sure he'll be welcome back. But good luck to Greg Richards uh, over at Toulouse. We move on Sunday, our final pre-season game of the um before we start the Super League campaign against Wigan, uh, the Leeds Rhinos. And we're expecting um that lineup on Sunday against Leeds Group Graham to be pretty much the lineup that's going to face Wigan. Yeah, I think that'll give us an indication of, of where Willie Peters sees everybody at. He's, he's talked about putting people in on form. Now, I think that's a big, big statement to go on after we've just seen them in one friendly where nobody covered themselves in any glory. So I think he'll probably go with what his gut says around how people have been performing in, in training and showing up uh, day in, day out for that. But yeah, I expect to see a lot of those, what we would class as the regular first teamers back in uh, back in the mix that weren't necessarily in the mix for, for Featherstone. And I think we'll hopefully see a different intensity and attitude and, and mindset from uh, from the players on Sunday. Yeah, and one player who is going to be lining up, although many people thought he wouldn't, especially after he was expected to be out for at least two weeks, is Elliot Minchella. Uh, Willie Peters announced today that he's... He's uh, returned back from his injury early. Um, he's passed all the tests. He's fit and raring to go. And he will be in the 22-man squad, which is set to be named tomorrow lunchtime, if you're, if you're listening to this live. Um, and he's not the only player who's expected to be coming into the, into the side as well. Uh, the likes of James Batchelor, Jesse Sue, Reese Kennedy, and the evergreen Sean Kenny Dowell, Lachlan Koo, uh, and Matty Parcell, all expected to feature against the lead Rhinos on Sunday. Um, he's surprised to see me. I'm guessing Graham, if he's if he's fit and he's put his hand up, there's, there's no reason not to play him. Yeah, and I, I don't necessarily think it's a case of him putting his hand up. I think it's the medical team declaring him fit to to, to be able to play because there's absolutely no reason to risk him um, at, at this particular stage. And if he needed an extra week or two, so be it. Let, let him have it, but. If the medical team are convinced and the player himself is is raring to go, then yeah, let's 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 get him some minutes, good minutes under the belt, and it, it's almost a little added bonus to have uh, have him back for the start of the season. Presumably, um, you know, presuming sorry, it, it, he and the rest of them come out unscathed. Graham, imagine imagine he wasn't fit and he and he wasn't fit to line up against Leeds and he wasn't fit for the Wigan game. Uh, it would have been your choice at thirteen. Uh, 
there's a couple of options, but probably Hadley for me, just to give us that bit of solidity in defence. We looked um, we looked like we needed a bit more in defence on Friday evening um, to show that up. So I think some experience in there, some some nous and some knowledge that Hadley brings to to that setup. I think I'd probably go with him. Yeah, I mean, Matty Starton is an option there as well, isn't he? Is. Yeah, um, I, yeah I, I do like Starton. I think he's quite dynamic. In He's different to Hadley. Um, yeah, I guess it, it's horses for courses, really. What type of game we want to play at that time or how the game is going, you could argue the case for both. Yeah, was you surprised to see Matty Starton get a little bit of criticism from Willie Peters when he, when he came in? I think Willie Peters said that he... Matty Stoughton um, hadn't hit the heights that he could do. Um, my understanding is, is that he's had a fantastic pre-season and he's very much in Willie Peters' thoughts and, you know, he wants to propel him into that regular first-team slot. But on the face of it, I thought he had a great season. But I suppose, you know, coaches, etc., look at things differently to what supporters do. Yeah, they definitely do. And, and we as fans see things differently. We don't see players day in, day out on the training pitch and we don't, see and listen to to what they have in, in you know individual or team meetings as well. So we're not privy to any of that. We just see that 18 minutes um game time of a, of a weekend. But again sometimes that that could be a bit of sort of psychological um management by by Peters that that understanding your players and what makes them best tick is 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 also crucial. So is starting the type of player that does need that kick up the backside to to challenge him to really push him on. Um, does he need that every now and again? And that might be clever from Peters just to, to, to sort of get in his psyche and and give him that, you know, verbal kick up the backside that that challenges him to go and prove that that he can be better and reach those heights that, that Peters thinks. It could be a bit of a psychological mind, uh, mind games as well. In that, uh, in that, that Leeds game, um, although we talked about the Featherstone result and how it's not important in terms of results and pre-season, etc. Um, everything's gearing up to that, Wigan, for being a high, isn't it? For being um, optimistic. You know, off the field, there's going to be plenty of razzmatazz. A, a defeat against Leeds and a poor performance isn't what's going to get the supporters up for it, is it, I suppose? So there is maybe a little bit of expectation, a little bit of pressure on the players to, to at least put a good showing in against Leeds because, you know, we want the momentum going into that opening game to be high, we want it to be good, we want it to be positive and, and there's no better way than doing that than coming off the back of a, a result against the Leeds Rhinos. Yeah, and I think if if we go back to the back end of last season, that last game of, of last season, the, the, the everybody was buoyant after that and that, mm. that sort of siege mentality that we created at, at, at the KC on that final day and, and how we galvanised the, the, the squad and the, the supporters after that were you know completely buzzing quite rightly. I think that that sort of fell a bit flat on on Friday evening with with that defeat. But you're right. I think that it not necessarily the result that's important on Sunday. It's the level of performance. It's the attitude. It's the mindset that that people go out with that that is gearing up towards the you know the the, the game against Wigan uh, as the opener. And you know many many people listening to this will have been at that opening game for Wigan uh, 12 months ago when we all turned up with that same optimism and then left. With our tails between our legs after we'd got completely outplayed by by a very good uh, Wigan seat, uh, Wigan team on on match day one. Yeah, one thing that I'm really looking forward to on 
Sunday is seeing how we line up with Jez Litton and Matty Parcells. They're both expected to play. Uh, Litton played in the friendly against Feverson starting. Um, this should be, or uh, you know, we are like they're expecting Parcells to play, so this will be his first outing in 2023. Uh, Willie Peters is coming from the NRL where sides often play with one hooker for 80 minutes. Um, At the fans forum, um, the RSG fans forum in November, he said that that they probably won't line up with them both on the pitch at the same time, which is what we have become accustomed to in the Tony Smith era. Um, You know, at times them two were unplayable when those on the pitch at the same time. Often you'd see them dovetail, your hookers dovetail each other, one on, one off. But Tony Smith found a way of getting them both on the pitch, which caused the opposition problems. It's going to be interesting to see how Willie Peters lines us up on Sunday, isn't it? Because the two, you know, many clubs, if these two players were at different clubs, they would be your starting hookers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think think we saw lots of glimpses last season of, of how important the number nines are to us. And with Lytton sort of seamlessly replacing Parcel when he picked up some knocks or or when there was interchanges, etc. I think we saw the, the absolute benefit of of a really good number nine and what it can do to us in attack. And sometimes it leaves you vulnerable if they've got both both number nines on the pitch at the same time from a defensive perspective, because those two smaller players invariably tend to get picked out by the big men running up the middle. So <laughs> like like you say, there's a there's a challenge that Peters has got to overcome. And he's coming from that NRL background where the, you know a lot of clubs will play that one hooker for 80 minutes or, or very long minutes. And if they're playing very long minutes, they often get one of the you know the, the Minchella type player to, to step in and, and cover those uh, minutes rather than bringing on a specialist hooker again to keep that that size in the middle and and protect you know protect that area there rather than leaving yourself vulnerable at two two key spots. So it's going to be interesting. We all know what they can bring when we've got ball in hand and and going forward and playing well. That's that's you know that's a given for us, and we, we look really exciting when that's working really well. You go back to last season and, and look at the times when we absolutely ripped teams to shreds. It was when they were firing and, and we were playing well, but not always does that transpire into into tries for us. We were one of the lowest point scorers in the season. We were, you know, we were lacking in in the try scoring department across across the uh, the full season as well. So for all that bravado that we've got with with the Littons and the Parcells of this world, bringing that dynamic to us, we've got to convert those opportunities that those those two can create. We've got to be more ruthless, uh, you know, you know, on the back of their opportunities. Yeah. That's one big dilemma for Willie Peters. The other one for me is who starts on the right edge. Um, Opacic, you imagine, is a shoe-in to be the centre. Of course, Ethan Ryan had a great season last season, not just in attacking defence as well, uh, but we've seen what Louis Senior can do. Um, he started on the left against Featherstone, obviously in the absence of Ryan Hall. Sam Wood partnered him on the left in the absence of Sean Kenny Dowell. It must be a straight shootout between Wood and Senior. Do you, uh, sorry, Ryan and Senior. Do you think it's Ryan who's going to get the nod? I'm not sure because Senior had a really good World Cup, didn't they, for, for mm. Ireland? They're both in the Irish squad. Obviously, Ryan wasn't playing, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I can't call it really. There's, 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 they've both got strengths and I'm sure they've both got um, areas to improve on as well. But I think it, you're right. It will be a straight shootout and it could be that we see 
40 minutes for one and 40 minutes for the other. And that's that's a straight shootout, as you say, for the spot in the, in the side against Wigan in two weeks. Yeah, but it's a luxury we haven't been afforded for a long time, is it, to have that competition? No, uh, it, it, places. it isn't. And again, I go back to my point from a minute ago. We, we've got to we've got exciting people out wide. We, we know Ryan Hall knows where the try line is. We know Ethan Ryan's got pace to burn. We know what senior can do. We need to put them in the spaces and create the opportunities for them to do their stuff. If we're not doing that, we could have the best winger in the world if we're not getting the ball to them in, in good areas and good spaces and creating good chances for them. It, it just doesn't matter who's out there. So we've got we've got to we've got to get that right first and foremost in terms of determining who's the first choice. But hopefully they will push each other if that is a straight shootout between themselves. They will push each other all the time in training and match day to make sure that they claim the jersey as opposed to giving it up to you know to their oppo. Yeah. Uh, had some comments over on YouTube. Matt Brady, Michael Morton, Paul Cook. I wonder if it's the Paul Cook. If it is you, Cookie, please let us know. Um, great to see us back, lads. Keith Pollard over on Facebook. He's put his starting lineup for, I'm guessing it's a Leeds game. He's actually gone for senior on the right wing. He's gone with a starting lineup of Lachlan yeah. Coote, uh, Louis Senior. Um, I'll put it on screen so you can see it. Um, Sean Kenny Dowell, Ryan Hall. Lewis Abdul, uh, Jesse Sue, Matty Parcell starting at hooker, George King with Bachelor and Stoughton. Stoughton at second row. Uh, Minichella at loose forward with a bench of Lytton, Johnson, Holton, Kennedy and Lynette. Interestingly, Graham, uh, one of the rule changes is that um, sides can now name an 18th man um, who can come on in the event of three players failing a HIA. Uh, test, um, which is why obviously you'll see the extra man named in the match day squad now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing that play will have to be designated. It can't be one of one of the five. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be a formal procedure that they'll have yeah. to do on match day to, to put the team sheets in and who's that designated player. But again, I think it's a sensible approach to take. We we all saw the, the, the amount of players that do, do get head knocks um, mm. that do have to go for HIAs and, and absolutely player welfare has to be first and foremost across any of this. We've seen with you know with the high profile Doddy Weirs of this world, with uh, the Rob Burrows of this world, what impact it can have on people. I'm not saying that they got direct because directly of head knocks, but We've got to protect our players. They're, they're out there entertaining us and their welfare has to come first and foremost. So I, I'm all for this particular rule. I just hope that there's that level of independence from doctors and it's not abused in any way by uh, by sides who just want to use a, an extra um, uh, substitution or interchange, if you like, um, without it, you know, without it necessarily resulting from a HIE. So I hope there's none of none of that, but yeah, any reduction, anything we can do to, to support player welfare, all for that. Yeah, another change as well is if a, a referee, um, if a player receives medical treatment whilst on the pitch, um, that player has to leave for two minutes to get a green card and then must leave the pitch for two minutes now. Um, so again, that's another one, isn't it, where will players, um, I think sometimes players have been accused of feigning injury uh, to try and either stop the game. Um, yeah. Will this reduce that? Knowing that for two minutes, I mean, two minutes can be 
have we have we as we have seen in the past, Graham, two minutes is a long time, isn't it? And it can change a game when when you're down to, to 12 men. Absolutely, it can. And again, it it, it goes back to that the other, swinging it the other way. Do, do people not receive the treatment that they need because they know they're going to put the side down to 12 men and potentially at a disadvantage and play on through an injury that needs attention? So again, it's a that's a fine balance to 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 have there. But again, think it's all geared up towards player welfare and making sure that they are fit to return to play. Then yes. Again, it's got to be managed in the correct way. And um, I think where we've seen it certainly in football of, of feigning injury, dare I say, with 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 a view to time wasting, um, we've sort of seen incidents in, in rugby creeping in uh, to our game where fans get disgruntled that they feel that the opposition player is is milking it or, or taking the mick. So if this helps to, to clamp that out, then then fine, no problem. But as long as it doesn't go too far the other way for me, where players who genuinely need to get attention choose not to because they feel it will be disadvantaging their team. Yeah. I've also heard that, that Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Johnson says two minutes is a very long time as well. Well, <laughs> marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Escrow watching on YouTube. He makes a great, point, Graham. great to have you on, Craig. Do you think it should take free HIA? failures to use the 18th man if one fails a HIA then you're down a man anyway so in his opinion you should be able to use that 18th man as soon as a, a player has to to go off which is I suppose it's a it's a good point isn't it it, it is and then I guess it's sort of going back if you think a few years where the the number of interchanges that clubs were allowed to use during the game has gradually come down so they've tried to to sort of speed that that element of the game up um I don't quite know the numbers, but it, it, it could be that that it logistically it moves that that level of interchanges up. But it, but again, it's a fair point to make that if somebody goes off for a head injury assessment, should you be disadvantaged as a team? No. Well, if you have to use your interchanges, fine. But if you have a you know two or three in a row, then you could be well, two or three in, interchanges down very quickly, and your game plans out the window. So well, you you could easily have Graham a player go off after a couple of minutes. Quite easily happens, and then for the for the next seventy eight minutes, you're down to three interchanges. So it is yeah. it's a great point that Craig makes. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it, it is absolutely. And we we have had players go off dead yeah. early, haven't we? In, in games, mm -hmm. we we know those games where it's ha absolutely happened. Very briefly, then Graham. Um, you know, starting lineup for uh, Rovers on Sunday. I'm expecting it to be Lachlan Koo at fullback. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Hall on the left with Sean Kenny Dowell. Yeah. I think. Ethan Ryan will get the nod on the right with Tom Opacic uh, inside of him. Um, I think it'll be Jordan Abdul and Mikey Lewis in the halves. At prop, and I want to get your opinion on that, I think Jesse Sue and George King will be our starting props. And I think we will start with Matty Parcell in the hooker role. For me, second row will be James Batchelor and Kane Lynette um, with Elliot Minchella on the uh, number 13 Trying to pick the interchanges, I think that's yeah. almost the toughest. The toughest part of it. Yeah, I think with, with with the fact that there's going to be 21, 22 in the squad, I think we'll we'll see plenty of interchanges. So, yeah, it could disrupt the game later on if if both sides are, are sort of taking that tone. But I'd like to think that there'll be a good solid 20, 25 minutes where 
we might only get one or two interchanges as as sort of per normal, uh, and we'd see a settled um, side giving it some. I think the the Jesse Sue uh, George King combo could be a good one, and I think what I'm pleased that we've managed to do in terms of recruitment is take a lot of the heavy lifting off of George King's shoulders. Um, there were far too many games last season where we just looked to, to Kingy for that for those hard yards, for that that graft mm-hmm. up the middle that we know he can do, but he wasn't getting the breather to do it, you know, um, minute in, minute out. It was just him having to do it. With they've got that support, they've got Kennedy to come in as well, Jesse Sue, etc. So I'd like to think that we can make better use of King's assets um, in our pack to, to, to really be dynamic when he's on the field rather than just drain his tanks too early in a, in a game. He definitely needs to be spelled better, doesn't he? And he's almost yeah. a victim of his own success. He is, yeah, absolutely. He does, yeah. he does the hard yards, the fact that he does the long minutes, the fact that he yeah. will just keep going. And and I suppose the only thing you would say about George King is that a lot of times his performance was very consistent, but it was maybe a 7 out of 10 every game. We need him to be spelling at like eight, nine out of ten, don't we? Yeah, yeah. I think with them interchanges yeah. that we've, we've, you know, the players we've brought in, I think there's more opportunity for him to to be hitting them heights, maybe smaller minutes, but a bigger impact during them smaller minutes. Yeah, yeah, that, that definitely. Again, one one question I want to sort of throw across to to everybody as well, and yourself, Chris, as well. Is I'm not sure if you thought about it, but we've got twelve players out of contract at the end of this season, mm. and there's some big names in there. So, Coote, Dagger, Hall, SKD, Ethan Ryan, Sam Wood, a um, couple of the, the younger lads as well, Okoro Moore, Lewis Johnson, Dean Hadley, Kane Lynette as well as, as Jimmy, Jimmy Kindhorse. So, there's some big names for us in there. And I think I made the point last season on one or two occasions where that whole left edge that we have known and grown to love over the last couple of years, potentially... Could be could be gone by the end of the season. Well, Graham, if if um, if we're operating at salary cap, which we've been told that we are, and we've brought in Jesse Sue, Reese Kennedy, Tom Opechik, um on on big deals, longer than just this season, there's going to have to be movement, isn't there? There yeah. is going to have to be movement to bring in more players. So, you know. But the caveat to that is, I'm just reading Sean Kenny Dowell saying that he's fitter than ever. Yeah, he's, he's fit as ever at 35 years of age. He feels as fit as a fiddle and when Ryan he's in his days. Ryan Hall doesn't seem to be, you know, looking to retire anytime soon. Um, no. So there is, A, there's players playing for contracts in terms of, you know, they want that security. So that obviously spares them on. Um, and then you've got players who may be indispensable and we and we need to keep. So it is going to be really interesting to see what happens, especially um, who we tie down. Because we did a lot of business early last season. You know, yeah. we look at the big contracts that were handed out. Um, we did a lot of business early. Are we going to see that again? Because I'm guessing that one of the things that is a feature of the side now is that we like to get business done early. We like to have a settled side. So you'd imagine come April, May time. Is it May when um, Pitt plays are free to start talking to? Yeah, is it May, June? Yeah. <laughs> May, June so, time, isn't it? Definitely, yeah. Mid-season, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, out of them, who are you keeping? 
<laughs> like you say, there's, there's, there's merits in, in offering one-year deals potentially to some of the, the Ryan Halls. You know, you look at the, the, the calibre of play of Ryan Hall, of SKD, and the way that they've looked after their bodies as a professional athlete over that, that time period of their career. And you've got an absolute, providing they can keep injury free, of course, and, and, and um, uh, maintain standards. You, you've got, I think, opportunities for one-year deals in there. Um, but I wouldn't want us to sort of rely on that without having some sort of um, long-term planning in, in the mix of what does that left edge look like. Yes, it'll tide us over for this year and potentially one more on the back of it, but we can't afford much longer than that because they'll all be pushing, they'll all be pushing nearer 40 by the time they, they get to, to, to that age on that left edge. But mm. but there's, there's opportunities there for you know some of the younger ones, the, the Lewis Johnsons of this world, to establish themselves as, as players and, you know, who knows what what the the youth academy will throw up in the next year or two as well? Can we can we bring some of those players into the mix and, and blood them in as well as we have done with with some of the ones that were successful last season? Like you say, what does recruitment look like? Can we get business good business done early? Um, and that seems to be the way that that, that um, Peters likes to operate. So so yeah, it's going to be interesting in that department. Yeah, Adam Wadforth over on Facebook makes a great point. It's likely to be the last season for the likes of SKD, Hall and Lynette. We've got to be careful not to keep players too long yeah. just out of loyalty and because of how good they have been in the past. We've been yeah. bent a few times, haven't we, where we've we've we kept all the players maybe just one season too many. Yeah. Um, and I suppose... Yeah, great, great point, Adam, that, yeah. Yeah, we need to be ruthless, don't we, if we're, yeah. like we're going to keep that conveyor belt of talent coming from the academy... They need to know that there's opportunities ahead of them, and you know that's why we're the, we're the ones talking on the podcast, and we're not the head coaches of a super league team because it's these decisions that are, are the difficult ones to make. Uh, absolutely, that's what that's what the head coaches and the the, the assistants get paid the money for mm. is to make these calls, and white like muppets like you and I just get to sit and chat <laughs> about it and, and return our good looks. So, yeah. Um, but the, the 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 point that that Adam made is is a good one, and. You know, if we do show that sentimentality um, card, does that take away from from us in terms of that ruthless attitude that we as we as fans want to see in terms of improvements within the squad, improvements within the league ladder, really challenging for trophies at the end of the season? I think many many fans will 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 feel that we should be doing that at the end of each season. And is what you know what is success looking like for us? This what do we accept as success? You just cut out a little bit there, Graham, with your internet, but you have teed it up nicely because I suppose what are your expectations for 2023? I've seen a number of supporters over on social media, etc., saying that actually Willie Peters' first season in charge, um, as long as we're competitive, we don't necessarily expect to make the playoffs, etc., etc. For me, I think top six, I think that is well within our reach. And if we don't hit that top six spot, I'll be, as of now, I'll be disappointed. I think, you know, nearly my close to the mast, I'm expecting us to be in that top six uh, come the end of the season. Yeah, I would agree. Apologies for the internet connection. I was just sort of making the point about, you know, what expectations, etc. So, yeah, I would agree. I think we should be at a stage now where we've we've got a settled squad back in Super League. We, we're established in there. We shouldn't be looking over our shoulders um, come, you know, August, September, October time for, for the trapdoor. Uh, at all we should be looking forward and we've got all the right noises being made off the field with the club 
the way that it, it's been restructured off the field, the the, the ground purchase, etc., has all set us up for for this. I think we, you know, if we look and compare ourselves to to when the Wiggins and Saints of this world's recruit a head coach, what do their fans say? Do they expect? Oh, well, we'll we'll give Nathan Pete a year to get his feet under the table, and then we'll. Or do Sorry, but I beg your pardon. Yeah, Matty Pete, the, the chance to get his feet under the table, um, or do we expect us to be competitive, to be challenging for those honours? I think it's the latter that they expect that. And I think that's the mentality and attitude we need to create for us, rather than ju just accepting mediocr mediocrity and hoping that we do enough to scrape into the playoffs or, or at least survive and not be in the the relegation mix. I think we should be aiming better than that. And I think the, the noises and um, attitude that we've seen from Peter so far indicate that the, the that him and the squad hopefully have got that same mentality as well, that we're not here to just make up the numbers. We are here to challenge. We do believe that we should be in that top six. We do believe that we should be challenging for those honours. And we showed it in glimpses with semi-finals in, in the last couple of years, etc. But for me to, for, for me to get... Um, for, for sorry for the club to get back to where we believe it should be they need to be making those next steps forward and they're the hardest ones because as we all sit here two weeks away from the season starting every club is saying the same thing about aspirations and 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 top six and grand finals and challenge cups etc so what are we going to do to put ourselves in that position to be challenging rather than just be knocking around that mid table and hoping we make scrape the playoffs and making sure that we're not looking over our shoulder come September, October. No, but it is a point worth making that this is one of the most expensively assembled Hulkington Rover squads in our history. It's yeah. one of the most, we've got one of the most experienced and expensively assembled backroom staff uh, setups uh, we've ever had. So for me, the, the, the seasons are free hits and well, we'll give him a season to bed in. And, you know, with the trajectory that Super League's on, the, I that IMG's casting over us now. Um, with us not knowing what the future of Super League is going to be, we need to be dining at the top table, and that starts for me this season. We need to be competitive, we need to be competing near or at the top, and I think that starts from our first game against Wigan Warriors. And for me, it's more important than ever that we get off to a good start this season because, like you've already alluded to, Graham, it's probably going to be one of the most competitive Super League seasons we've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. It's shaping up that way. And look, you never know what the season is going to bring to, to clubs in terms of injuries and, and the way that, 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 that clubs hit, hit form or, or not, as the case may be. But you're right, we've got to control what we can control, which is what we do. And, and that, putting everything else aside, we don't want to be down there um, battling for, for survival. We want to be dining at that top table. We want to see what the IMG proposals are going to bring and, and, and hopefully be part of that and, and give us the stability that we need to operate at that, that level, the top level, uh, for, for a long while, rather than just making do and, and surviving and coming up with, oh, uh, we've been the plucky losers. That, that for me, mm -hmm. we've got to get rid of that and adopt the, the the clinical attitudes of the Leeds Rhinos of this world. Look how successful Leeds, Wiggins and Saints have been. What are they doing that we're not doing? What have they got that we haven't got? And can we force our way into that to that sort of um, that that upper echelon of, of clubs that have been really successful? That's where I think we should be should be aiming for. Yeah.
definitely. And, um, you know, while we're talking potentially the top of Super League, Keith Pollard just asks, um, who will be your bottom four? For me, Catalan, Wakefield, Lee and Salford. Um, do you know what? I don't think he's that far away. And I think Catalan might be the surprise package this season, not necessarily for the right things. I think they might struggle this season looking at their squad and um, just looking at who they've got around at the moment. I don't think they'll be hitting the heights that, that they have done previous seasons. Yeah, I've, I've heard a couple of people say that. And I'm, I've not necessarily understood why, but but if it is a looking at the squad, and but, but Catalans is always a tough place to go into. We, we never seem to really do well there and you know, many teams struggle going over there. So I think their home form will will see them right, you know, no doubt. But I'm interested by Keith's comment there about Salford, as in they were one of the surprise packages of, of last season. What is it that's changed for them um, to, to be down there, in his opinion? Yeah. And Salford apparently today batting off a, a six-figure bid for uh, Brody Croft. Um, so he's in demand from the NRL at the mm-hmm. moment. But yeah, yeah. I mean... At the moment, Graham, everyone's predicting Lee and, and Wakefield to be the bottom two. Um, yeah, but it only takes for one of them to be the surprise package and boom, someone else is in trouble. So, yeah, yeah. Lee, Lee and Wakefield will be lapping that up and use, they'll be pinning that on the notice boards around the, the stadium to say, look, this is what everybody thinks about us. Mm-hmm. Let, let's go and you know stick two fingers up to them and, and show them that, that, that they're all wrong. And like you say, Wakefield, what if, what if they can uh, get a run together? Lee, we... You know, we don't know too much about Lee, but we know that they're obviously coming up and it's going to be a, a challenge for them. But look, we've struggled against those clubs that have come up. We, we haven't been dominant against them. We, we've, you know, we've struggled. Mm. So that's not a given that we're going to take those easy points off Lee. So we've got to be on our guard from, like you say, minute one of week one right to the end of week 26, 27, wherever we're going up to. Yeah, definitely. So the anticipation is building ahead of Sunday's game against Leeds Rhinos. Credit to the club as well for making ticket prices affordable. I know yeah. if you've bought them in advance, so it's a tenner for adults, five for kids. I know they go up on match day, but they have done a, a good job there in making it affordable for everybody to attend if you have got your tickets in advance. Just a couple more things, Graham, very quickly before we yeah. wrap up. Uh, a new appointment to the, the board of directors, uh, Ian Richardson coming in. Um, another one who's um, excelled in his field of work, uh, born in Hesel, um, trained as solicitor, a uh, serial entrepreneur now. And, um, you know, an- another, another, I suppose, ticking the box. Um, it's a looking positive off the field, isn't it? It is. And it's another person who is successful in the field that they operate in. So, you know, surrounding the, the top table at the club with those successful people and a lot of them local people as well and coupled with the expertise that that you know Paul Lakin can bring to the table we know we know all that Neil brings to the table as well for the club so that that for me is is setting the club up in the right direction off the field and the drive off the field should be in good hands we would like to think and the opportunities that they may bring as a collective you know that there's obviously developments to the stadium that are that are needed and have been talked about. The, the purchase of the, the stadium itself was a was a big one last year, so it'd be interesting and, and exciting, I think, to see what what those people bring to the bring to the game. I'm sure they won't get involved in in picking the team or anything like that, but it'll be interesting to see as a business, as a commercial entity, what Hull Kingston Rovers and the brand of Hull KR 
looks like moving forward and you know the, the potential development plans in and around the stadium what does that look like does that bring any more commercial uh commercial revenue to the club can that be used to to sort of sustain the club even further and re reduce the reliance on on the the deep pockets of of uh, you know of, of neil etc so yeah another good appointment in terms of successful person local person hopefully they'll bring their expertise to the table and come up with a you know with with a with a solution of of ideas and a package of ideas for the club that helps drive us forward off the field and, the, and in the commercial world as well good very good and last but not least the club have just announced that the Kays will be performing a free song set live on the pitch ahead of our uh, game against Wigan, which is live on Channel 4. They will be welcoming the teams out onto the pitch, just like the ratings did on Good Friday when we battered the black and whites. Um, hailing from Newton and Willows near Manchester, they have actually played on the pitch before at Wigan Warriors DW Stadium, so this isn't their first rugby league game. I bet not a lot of people knew that. Check out the hit Sarajevo, Graham. I think it's one of my favourites. I think you'll enjoy it as well. But very quickly, Graham, it's fantastic to see the club once again making rugby league an event. It is, and it's more than just an 80 minutes of the game now. The feel around the Craven Street, the feel with the live music. I think we all refer back to that derby day with the with the ratings and the buzz that that sort of created and how well that was received. Um, at, at, you know, at the time and, and the feedback it's got since then and the fact that we're still talking about it um, now has left an impression. So let's hope that they bring the same uh, uh, attitude and enthusiasm that the ratings brought and get the crowd up for it. Let's hope they propel us to the same result um, uh, for the opening day that we, we got when the, when the ratings performed for us. But yeah, it, it's great to see that, that off-field or match-day experience enhanced for the supporters so that it becomes more of a, an event like you say rather than just turning up to a match amen to that a huge thank you graham for joining us this evening a special thank you to everybody who's tuned in live on facebook and youtube and a huge thank you to you if you are listening to it on podcast we are the red robin podcast pre-season mini pod which is powered by 360 chartered accountants and budget ties auto center for now Let's live, love, laugh and be happy.